You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. During the outpouring, I was right over here. This mom came up to me and said, can you pray for my child? Yes, of course. That wasn't out of the ordinary in those days. We prayed for lots of people. I went over and she introduced me to her child and she began to go over a long list of very medically complex things that her child was walking through. She looked at me with desperation in her eyes and said, you pray for my child's healing. Will you pray for my child's healing? Now, I had prayed for a lot of healing that week. I had prayed for healing before the outpouring. I prayed for healing since the outpouring. I've seen God heal. But in that moment, I found myself hesitating. Have you ever been there? I wasn't hesitating because I didn't think God could heal her child. I actually did believe that. I hesitated because what if he didn't? This mom had driven to the outpouring, desperate for her child to be healed. She had heard accounts of healing in the room. I had seen healing in the room. But what if in this moment, he didn't heal in the supernatural, miraculous way that she wanted? What if she was disappointed? What if she would be angry with God? What if I would be disappointed? I found myself not even wanting to pray because if we didn't pray, then she couldn't be disappointed. As if somehow God's reputation depends on prayer. Thank goodness it doesn't. And in that moment, I felt God reminding me, Jeannie, I invite you to ask. He invites us to ask for healing, but he also invites us to trust him with the outcome. He invites us to ask for healing, and he also invites us to trust him with the outcome. So I said, yes, of course, I'll pray. So I grabbed a few other people on our prayer team. And like it says in James chapter 5, if any of you are sick, grab the elders, lay hands on the person who's sick, anoint them with oil, and pray for healing in the name of Jesus. And that's what we did right there. We prayed for this child's full and complete healing. I prayed for medical diagnoses. I don't even know what they mean. When we finished praying, the supernatural, miraculous healing that we were asking for had not come. And I looked at the mom and I said, we'll just keep praying and trusting for your child's healing. She thanked us, hugged us. I've never seen him again. And I probably never will on this side of heaven. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you have felt that way here in this room during the outpouring or since. You've seen people be healed. You've heard testimony of healing. But maybe the healing hasn't come in the way that you expected or seemingly come to you. Was that child not healed because we didn't pray long enough or loud enough or with enough faith? No. God's healing work is beautiful and glorious and complex, but most of all, it's a mystery. But God does invite us to participate and ask for healing. And we hold that intention, don't we? With the fact that God heals, and yet there's still healing that's yet to come. And maybe that's us right now in this room, wondering, God, why did you heal that person and not me? God, why did you answer that prayer and not this one? We hold all of this intention. Sometimes I do it better than others. I've heard a lot of you since the outpouring had this exact conversation. I've had this exact conversation with my friends too. God met me in a powerful way in the back corner of Hughes, where I experienced deep emotional healing, healing that I've been praying for for years. Jesus came for me in that corner. But he came to me in in a moment, but that moment was preceded by thousands of prayers, crying out for that exact healing. Lots of conversations, asking God for healing, counseling, asking God for that healing. 
medication, asking God for that healing. He came in a moment, but it was preceded by a long process of healing. It's both and. It's both and. And I'm so grateful for the way that God healed me in the corner. And yet I hold the reality of I'm still asking for ways for God to heal me. Not everything was healed in that moment. Even in that moment, there's deeper work to be healed that God is doing even now. So God has healed me. He is healing me. And there's healing that's yet to come. God has healed you. He is healing you. And there's healing that's yet to come. And I realized to talk about healing, it can be a very triggering conversation. I realize that. It's triggering for me too. But I wonder if we can't this morning lean in to the reality of the story that we find ourselves in is a story of healing. And it's a beautiful story of healing. And it's complex and it's mysterious. And I don't pretend to have half of the answers. I probably have more questions than I do answers. But I want us to lean in together to the story that we find ourselves in, which is one of healing. And then this morning, like Zach talked about on Friday, we can bring our hurts We can bring our pains. We can bring our disappointment. We can bring our frustration and our anger to God around healing. He's a big enough God who can hold all of it. He knows how we feel. He knows how we feel this morning. He wants to meet us in the middle of the mess and lead us into new places. So can we agree this morning to lean in? Can we agree this morning to live in the tension of that God has healed, He is healing, and that there's still healing yet to come? Can we lean in the tension that God heals some ways and not others. God answers some prayers in the way that we want and others with a no or not yet. I don't get to pick and choose that. I wish I did, but I probably would not do as good a job as he does because he is my good father who gives good gifts to his children who knows me, who knows me. He knows you. So let's lean into the story that we find ourselves in of healing. Why do we need healing? Well, we talked about this a little bit on Monday. Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve sinned, We call that a lot of times in our Christian circles, the fall, the fall. We live in a fallen world. We are very aware of our fallenness these days. In our own bodies, in our land, we see natural disasters. We look at people and the way that that we hate each other and there's anger and there's bitterness and there's war. We live in a fallen world. This was not God's original design. His original design was us to live with him in perfect communion and with others in creation but we know we don't live that way after the fall. We are in need of healing. We talked about it on Monday. We are in need of redemption. The story of redemption is the story of healing. God is healed. He is healing, and there's still healing yet to come. We are all in need of healing. In Exodus chapter 15, God reveals himself to the Israelites as God the healer. He identifies that he is our healer. You might hear it in Hebrew said, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. This is who our God is. He is our healer. In Exodus chapter 15, where we find this revelation, we see that God has already led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. They have seen miraculous works of God's hand in deliverance. They have seen God save them through the Passover They have seen God part the Red Sea. They've walked on dry ground. They've sung songs of deliverance, and now they're three days post-deliverance, walking in the wilderness, and they already begin to question God's goodness to them. Sounds familiar. What we experienced in February, what we experienced on Set Apart Retreat, what we've experienced in chapel, we've seen God move, and then sometimes three days later, I find myself complaining, God, are you good? 
Are you there? Are you paying attention? This goes back all the way to our very beginning. We live in a fallen world. So three days into their journey, they're in the desert, and they come up to a body of water, and it's bitter. They can't drink it, and they're thirsty. How often in the desert we forget the goodness of God. So they complain to Moses, and Moses cries out to God. And God here reveals himself as the healer. He changes the water, and then he begins to talk to the Israelites by saying, if you follow my commands, if you keep my commands, if you follow my word, then I will not bring upon you the diseases of Egypt, but I will be your God, your healer. Your healer. Your healer. I was reading an article about this from a woman named Molly Bollinger, and she talks about every time the word Rapha, before this in scripture is mentioned, it talks about how, what God does for you. But in this instance, God is revealing, this is who I am. So it's not just what God can do for you, but this is his very character. He is a God who heals. This is good news. This is good news for us. If we walk in his ways, if we follow his commands, he is our healer. He's our healer. A couple years ago, I took a class at the seminary from Dr. Steve Siemens. Pretty much all that I know about healing comes through him. I'm so thankful that he's helped me begin to develop a theology of healing, and I'm still developing that. I wish I knew this at your age. And in that class, I can't count them how many times, it was probably in the hundreds, how many times he said this very phrase, Jesus heals because he loves you. Jesus heals because he loves you. And I know in this moment, some of you are hearing that and thinking, then he must not love me. And if you're hearing that right now, I just want to call that out as a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus heals because he loves us. And just because we can't see the way in which he's healing us right now does not mean that he doesn't love us. So if you're hearing that, that is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy himself. Jesus heals because he loves us. And how did he demonstrate that he loved us? We talked about this on Monday, through his death on the cross. He gave up his life for mine. He gave up his life for you. He said, I'm going to give up my position, my power, my privilege, and I'm going to take on your sin. I'm going to take on your debt, and I'm going to give up my life for yours. That is the ultimate gift of love, to give up your life for the sake of someone else. He heals because he loves us, and he loves us by giving up his life for us. In Isaiah chapter 53, we find this verse when it talks about, by his wounds we are healed. We see it again in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter's referencing this is Jesus. That prophecy points to Jesus. By his wounds, by his wounds on the cross, we are healed. The work of our redemption, finished. The work of our healing for our sins, finished. We are healed and yet still being healed at the same time. Dr. Siemens says this, about this passage. As Jesus repeatedly stressed, the kingdom of God is already, but not yet. So are its benefits and blessings. Some, such as the forgiveness of sins, are already. They've already been finished. They've already been accomplished. But the redemption of our bodies is not yet. Physical healings happen to fall somewhere in between, in the middle, in the radical middle. Sometimes it's already, and sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's already, and sometimes it's not yet. God has healed. He is healing. And there's still healing yet to come. 
Then we see Jesus in Luke chapter 4. He picks up the scroll in the synagogue, and he picks up the scroll of Isaiah, and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He sets it down and does the ultimate mic drop. Today, this prophecy is fulfilled in me. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to heal, to heal our broken systems, to heal our broken world, to heal our hatred and unforgiveness, to heal our addictions and our sins. He came to heal the lame, the mute, the blind, the deaf, the oppressed and the possessed. Jesus came to heal and by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus heals because he loves us. Jesus heals because he loves us. In that class, Dr. Siemens provided some framework for the ways in which God heals. I had never heard this before. I just thought that God always healed the same way all the time. I knew that wasn't correct, but I didn't have a framework to begin to think about healing. Dr. Siemens got it from Dr. Stanger. Dr. Stangler, we think, got it from E. Stanley Jones. So I don't know who actually owns this, but I know I don't. But it's a helpful framework to begin to think, how are some of the ways in which God heals? First, we know that God heals supernaturally. The only explanation for that healing would be because Jesus came and he showed up. We see this in the Gospels over and over again. Jesus healing the blind man. I once was blind, but now I see. Jesus healing the leper and being clean. Jesus healing the lame man and saying, get up, pick up your mat, walk. Jesus healing the woman with the issue of blood. By reaching out, she's healed. We saw that in this room in February. Tumors shrinking, athletic injuries healed, ringing of ears dissipated, supernatural healing, the way that Jesus met me in the corner, supernaturally. There is no other explanation for the way in which God healed my emotions than Jesus came. Jesus came and stepped into the middle and supernaturally healed us. But he doesn't always do it in that way. Sometimes God heals us through the gift of modern medicine and doctors and counselors. Praise God that God designed men and women with these unique gifts and abilities. I don't have those. But to be able to perform surgeries and know the body and make medicine to heal us, these are agents of God's healing. The Center for Wholeness and Wellness on our campus, agents of God's healing for us. Agents of God's healing for us. I've tried to get in the practice. I take medication every morning for disease. And every time I take it, I try to practice saying, God, thank you for this gift of healing. Thank you for this gift of healing. Do I still pray that I will be ultimately healed? Yes. But if that never comes, I am so thankful for the gift of this medication. When you go to the doctors, do we have the perspective of God, thank you for this agent of healing in my life? Most often, I just take it for granted. Counselors, they are agents of healing for our mental health. Anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, trauma. They are agents of healing from God to us. Sometimes I, I know so many of, of us have talked about mental illness, and that was especially hard during the outpouring because some people were being set free from anxiety and depression and others were not. And I, and I would have conversations. Counseling is a gift of healing. Medication is a gift of healing. God is healing. We don't get to pick and choose the way in which it comes. Support groups, AA, NA, they are agents of God's healing for us agents of God's healing for us. 
So sometimes God heals supernaturally. Sometimes God heals through the gift of modern medicine, doctors, counselors. Sometimes God heals because of the way that he designed our bodies so intricately. I love this. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, it says in Psalm 139. He designed us with healing properties within our own bodies. Our immune system fights off infection. Our, our bodies heal from wounds and scapes, scrapes and scabs. It's beautiful the way that God, the healing God designed us in his image. He is the healer and he designed us with properties in which our body can heal itself. That's why it matters what I put in my body. That's why it matters what I do to my body because my body is his temple and it is the agent of his healing. So when I don't sleep, it impacts my body's ability to heal. When I don't put in the right food, it impacts my body's ability to heal. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made and are agents of his healing for us. And then sometimes God heals through the gift of him saying to us, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, if I'm honest, I don't like this one. I would rather choose the other ones. But I feel like this is often where God meets me. We see this in Paul in 2 Corinthians when he said, I had a thorn in my flesh. The enemy was tormenting me. Have you ever been there? I have. And he prays three times for the Lord to take it away. But the Lord says to him back, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Uh, thank you, but can I choose something else? My grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. So sometimes God doesn't take that thorn away. But he promises to meet us every moment, every day with his presence and his power and with himself. My friends, that is a gift of healing. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. There's an Italian cardinal. and He wrote these words in his book, Come Holy Spirit. He says, we are free and able to ask the Holy Spirit at any time to heal us. We are free and able to ask the Holy Spirit at any time to heal us. But if the Spirit does not do it, there is no reason to think that it's because we have no faith or that God does not love us or that God is punishing us. There's no reason to think those things. All it means is that God is offering us a gift that is far more precious than immediate healing even though it may be more difficult for us to accept it. That's very true. If health is recovered, it may one day be lost again. But to have bore suffering with patience is something good that will last for eternity. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. It's a beautiful framework. It helps me to think, okay, well, if God didn't heal in this way, but he is meeting me in this way. It's still the gift of God's healing. And again, we don't get to pick and choose. I don't know what's best for me, but our good God does. And he invites us to ask. And he also invites us to trust him with the response. God heals supernaturally. God heals through modern medicine, doctors and counselors. God heals through the gift of our bodies and the way he designed us. And God heals by saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. God has healed. He is healing. And there is healing yet to come.
the story that we find ourselves in is a beautiful, miraculous, complex, and sometimes confusing mystery of healing. And this morning as we close, I just want to invite us. I know some of us in this room, you may be like me. You've been disappointed. You're angry. You're frustrated. You don't understand why God healed this person and not this one. And I want to invite you to bring that before the Lord. That is a way in which he would love to heal you, that he's healing me. He can handle our disappointment, our anger, our frustration, our doubts. And some of you are here and you have big needs for healing for yourself or your family, friend. And we just want to acknowledge that in this room. So if you're in either one of those categories and you are in need of healing, just invite you to make yourself known by standing. We'd love to pray over you. If you need healing or someone in your family needs healing, if you would stand. You can keep standing as we pray. God, we come to you this morning thanking you that you are a God who heals us. You are our healer. You came to make us whole. So God, for each one of these people standing and for the thing that they represent, God, we pray for your healing. God, we ask boldly for full and complete healing in those situations, whether for themselves or for their family or someone else. Or maybe, Jesus, they, they need to be healed of the disappointment and hurt they felt because you haven't healed in the way they thought. But Jesus, we thank you that you have come for them that you see them, that you know them, and that you are responding to their needs and their cries. So Jesus, we entrust their healing to you. You are their healer. You are their God, and you heal because you love them. So Jesus, we let go of any way that we want you to heal, and we trust the healing and the outcome to you. But we boldly ask for their healing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.